Welcome to Business Lines State of the Economy podcast where you will find insight analysis and the story behind the numbers So hello and welcome to the Business Lines State of the Economy podcast I'm Nivedita Varadarajan In a previous episode I talked to Dr Deepika MG who's an associate professor at Amrita Vishwavidyalaya in Bangalore about issues with gig workers and providing them social security But one thing we talked a lot about in that is how there is literally no numbers and therefore how tough it is to make policies for gig workers in this episode we are going to address this critical aspect i have with me uh, professor bonali bandari who is from the national council of applied economic research this uh, institute recently published a report about gig economy and in that they address both these issues so thank you so much for joining me professor in this program uh, thank you nevedita for inviting me So professor when we are talking off the records you told me a little bit about the problem in defining platform workers in the first place can you tell me a little about what the problem is and how your definition is when compared to other definitions of uh, the um, gig workers so when we started out the research we spent a lot of trying trying to understand who the platform worker is what are its characteristics and uh, when we looked at the literature we looked at def- other countries of course uh, us has a ton of data on it but the one thing that struck us that uh, me and my teams uh, team that how we are different to developing countries developed countries for them they remember they are going from a story of very structured organized labor markets where everybody gets a salary they get social security from that they are moving to a uh, towards a place where it's flexible labor relations so mm-hmm. even if taking out dogs for a walk is gig worker whereas in india flexible labor relations have always existed if you think about our informal labor our contractual labor they are workers the one thing we thought was what is really new about platform work the newness the novel part of uh, platform work is the online labor intermediation even labor intermediation has existed in india that's what contract workers are the mm-hmm. distinguishing part is the online labor intermediation that is a novel part of it mm-hmm. and that's what makes us platform worker the code on social security 2020 they mix up the two and they use both the concepts of flexible labor relations and online intermediation to say that uh, this is a platform workers but for gig workers you can see anybody who outside a traditional employer employee relationship so the question is what is a traditional employer employee relationship the developed and developing countries are coming from different ends so for developed countries if you look go by the ilo perspective it's definitely worsening in developing countries it's not so clear that it is actually a worsening prospect because you add 90% of our labor force is already in informal labor and actually that brings me the question so what is formality right and there's a definition of informality and that itself needs to be updated to accommodate platform workers because here the idea of a worker in india right still is that you're working at a particular place the if the company is registered you're and you get benefits like social security paid leave you would consider yourself a worker platform workers are not working at any one single place anymore right that itself is a very changing concept that they have no fixed place of work the nov- so what does online labor intermediation bring to the table that is the next question that what it brought is a transactional contract as opposed to a trust based contract by transactional i mean is that you and me uh, have a contract a written contract which says that if you do this x job you will get paid this much 
and if there is some failures uh, the food delivery worker does not uh, make the delivery ultimately the platform compensates the customer online intermediation and the where the intermediary takes the onus for the for the uh, failure of the job not being done whereas if you think of your our contractual plumber if they don't do the job it's a trust based relationship there's no written contract there's no, no legal document yes you might have a, an informal agreement that if you do this 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 is your payment it could be used in a court of law we have can we use this informal contract and my employer friends said yes you potentially can because it will can be used as supporting evidence if not actual evidence it's a task based contract not a tenure based contract and it's a it's a transactional contract you do this transaction you get paid which is quite different so it's no longer a trust based contract but the second thing that adds to the thing is paid leave so we actually asked workers about their previous job and we asked them about their current job so we could then compare the same worker with their previous job and the current job and actually understand whether that informality is there and where we find there's a mixed story that many of them did not have health insurance and here 100% of accident insurance of mm-hmm. course it is in the platforms incentive to provide accident insurance there's no doubt about it but between having no insurance and we having one insurance partial insurance it's a different they have a written contract they have so some accident insurance many companies also provide life insurance it's it's not the same health insurance say like you and i have in a traditional employer employee relationship where we have the full tenant insurance plus and for our families so that is the formality uh, puppies that comes in the platform so for that's why i was trying to say we should not compare apples and oranges flexible labor relations is nothing new in india it has existed since the days of your what is different is the online labor intermediation and it does bring some advantages there are many kind of platform workers the ilo does not distinguish between gigan platform india does so that and they could be highly skilled and low skilled workers on both sides so the food delivery platform worker is on the low skilled side where you are uh, delivering the food on a physical basis but the the intermediation is online let's get into the specifics of your study so we can understand more about what you just said so can you tell us the methodology of the study which you uh, published recently Uh, so when we started out we didn't have any numbers to go by yes there was a tons of work done internationally there was a lot of me- news media reports of course that actually added to our understanding of the things but we didn't know how to shape out our questionnaire we were advised that we should also look at the counterfactual you know one of the things is how are workers doing compared to the other jobs you know how much are they earning compared to the to a person with a similar background in the population and um, so we started out with that and we said okay we will use the framework uh, my colleague dr samarth gupta he actually developed this framework he said let's let's have experience i educate what is the uh, previous ex- uh, experience then is the actual experience of the platform work and then the exit the entry experience and exit is what we they use so and entry would look at uh, what were you doing previously um and of course entry requirements entry barriers because the macro question of scan platform create jobs mm-hmm. so that's why the both the micro and the macro questions are important and so one of the advice was that since you don't have numbers why don't you conduct a focus group discussion mm-hmm. so we actually went and spoke to food delivery platform workers in delhi chandigarh and panipat and from there we we understood what are the specific issues of food delivery platform workers again we did not even know that whether what we what is in the north may not apply in south east or west 
we weren't even sure that we would hear any differences. Uh, we just said, okay, let's just go to Delhi, Chandigarh and Panipat. And uh, then we realized that there are major differences between tier one, tier two, three cities. We should capture you now because we didn't even know what sampling strategy to use. All we had is a list of cities and how many workers were total workers were there in the city. So that's all we had to go by. We matched integrated the literature with framework that we have and we developed our framework and the questions based on that. Then we conducted a pilot study in a couple of six cities and we knew we were doing a telephonic study because partly because we're coming out of the pandemic and partly because these workers are always on the move. They don't have time to talk to us. Uh, so then we did a conducted a pilot in six cities. Um, based on that, then we actually developed our questionnaire. And our sampling strategy is, of course, very important too. Because our sampling strategy, what we did is that we said we have to cover the whole country. We, so we went by regions. And then we said, we, because we knew the number of cities, we said, okay, tier one cities, there are eight of them. We choose all of them. Tier two cities, uh, we had to choose a couple. So what we did is we chose the topmost tier city in terms of number of workers. So, and we chose two other cities randomly from our sample, from each region. So we had three tier two cities from each region. And then in tier three cities, we use the same methodology where we chose uh, the topmost city in terms of number of workers. And then we chose another one randomly. So totally we came down to 28 cities. Uh, that's how we chose tier, all tier of tier one, all of them. And then the rest tier two and tier three cities. Well, we did not know the universe, but we had chosen the cities. So those cities workers data we got from the company. And then, of course, so we did a telephonic survey of 924 workers across the 28 cities. So that is a methodology that we followed. Two more things that would be interesting. Also, when we will look at the workers data, when we, are, we realized that there are two things that are important. Even before the FGD, we actually had a detailed conversation with the company itself to understand how the industry works. I mean, we knew some of the policies they were following and you know what they had done, but they were also curious to know what was happening. What we did is we realized that there were workers who were already part, who were already delivering. And there are people who were considered as inactive. I mean, there's a particular definition the company uses and we use the same definition in the, in our report. If you are uh, not being active for 180 days since you last signed in, then you are considered as inactive. So I have a question on this. So in the, uh, in the study, you talk about different types of workers for the company, which you did the survey with. So there's an active, there's an inactive. And they're short-term workers and then they're long-term workers. Yeah, let me let me get to that. So there's active and inactive workers. So essentially people who are currently on the platform and people who are not on the platform. Then there were exit workers also. There's a third classification. And that means who have formally exited the platform. So but we combined inactive and exit because they weren't we weren't getting any. So we just combined the two. The third another we realized that there are 50% are part-time workers. Mm -hmm. I mean, we and 50% are full-time workers, I mean, approximately. So we decided that we wanted to interview both types of workers, full-time and part-time. Full-time, I'm sorry, full-time is long shift workers, what do you call it? They're working on 11 hours shifts, whereas these short shift workers, they are working on five hour shifts and they're working on uh, other weekends or special days. So it's, so there is different. And I, I don't think so any study has actually distinguished between the two. And here I do want to make a very important uh, point is that one must be very careful about generalizing results from food delivery platform to others because every platform sector is very different. Cab is very different to your uh, urban professionals services and so on and so forth. 
because uh, some things may be similar, some things may be different. Uh, food delivery is just is a different industry, and that, therefore one must be careful. The third point that we were also looked at is that tenure, that is workers who had joined two years ago, because remember we were coming out of the pandemic. We knew from your newspaper reports and others that many people were joining the pandemic worker. They different to the workers who had joined even before. We, there was some suggestion of trying to even go a little further back, but we, we couldn't do it. So we got three types of things, but we did a thousand workers only, but we could not have done smaller and smaller sample, but then the samples become really small. And so we stuck to, you know, each layer at one point of time. So that's the methodology that we followed. Uh, so our sampling strategy allows us to do that. Uh, we could not really distinguish for uh, the workers who had left the platform between the types of tenure, but for the workers who were on the platform, who are currently working on the platform, we could. So what kind of differences did you notice between these three types of workers or these two types of workers, the active workers and inactive ones and the ones who work for like Lavanas and the ones who work for five? Is there any difference between them in their, in who they are? So I think the question is, why did you even join platform? Hmm. And the answer was that we they joined platform for um, income. There was no difference between workers. Income was the dominant reason that came ac- came across and we took them at face value. You know, it's not like we were trying to probe. And that is that is almost the same for both types of workers, whether part-time or uh, whether uh, long shift, short, short shift, or whether they are active or inactive. Where the differences are is a background of the workers. Their motive, the motivation for joining platform worker is different, say, tier three. The age-wise also I didn't find any much differences, but tier three city workers were definitely more excited about independence and flexibility. I mean, not excited, they chose it. So uh, there are differences between the tier-wise cities versus um, tier two, tier one city workers. But part-time, full-time, there were not any, at least I don't remember any visible differences. And the tenured workers, workers who are staying for a longer time, believed in the work. Whereas the ones who joined, say, in the last one year, also were the ones more likely to leave. They joined because they lost a job. They didn't say it, but 31% people were unemployed before joining the platform. Even though only few people said that they joined the platform because they were unemployed, but they were actually unemployed. The shorter tenure, shorter tenure who are less than one year, they have joined because they're desperate. As soon as they got their job back or they're likely to get their job back, that is the important thing. But there are some workers who joined prior to the pandemic. They like the work. They're more stable about it. And the interesting thing was still 2019, people did not really come, were okay with it. After 2019, things, of course, became tougher as more and more people entered platform workers. So there are many nuances and differences. I'm not going to say that there aren't any. Like in tier two city workers, uh, one of the things that I found is that most of the tier three city workers was very highly educated. We we tried as a team, my colleague Ajay Sahu and I, where we tried to benchmark it because we was one of the things was we should benchmark it and see how a platform compares to uh, similar workers in the nation. So uh, we couldn't benchmark it because of the challenges in the data, which we ended up documenting <laughs> and wrote another op-ed on that. So that was a problem. So yes, we have tried to distinguish between cities and there are motivational differences between tier two, tier three city workers. Tenure wise, it would matter. And so would long shift and short shift workers. Uh, so then the FGD that came out was that short shift workers were, I mean, they were clear. They're filling the gap till they get their job. Somebody like we met said he had met an accident. So he was at home for a very long time and then he was couldn't find a job. 
so till he could either he could find another job he was just filling the gap so that that kind of thing we found a lot so that the reasons income is the dominant 70 about 67 percent people say they joined it but when we look at the other reasons that's when it gets very interesting between tier two and tier three city workers uh, I, I found those tier three city workers more interesting than the type of workers clearly platforms was creating jobs in tier two tier three cities so, but we, so that's another thing we picked up we thought uh, maybe that they, they're not finding local jobs and that's why they're picking. As I said, told you, right? We went through the FGTs, we heard stories, and we thought maybe perhaps that's the reason why they're picking up platform work. There are limited opportunities. But when we did in the larger survey, we didn't find those results. So I didn't use, uh, I had to, I took it out of the report. So I had used the word Gary, there's something called Gary effect, a Gary uh, in Punjabi. Um, uh, it has negative connotations. Basically means you're going around the city. So there's a very cushion thing that you're going around the city. And it came out very, it was very different between tier one and tier three city workers. The, the college dropouts and there was certain pride that here I am going on my motorcycle around the city. So in a way, you can call it, I called it productive employment in the report. Some, I remember in one of the interview, telephonic interviews, I asked them, what were you doing before? What normal young men do? Said, okay, what is that? Clearly, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Then I'm like, yeah, I was looking for a job and time passing, you know. So instead of doing all that, they're finally in a job, you know. So that is scary on a different level. Uh, it's like you, right, going down in the field, talking to real people, getting to know their stories. Yes, there are hard stories, but there are sometimes these interesting stories also. The advantage of platforms is it is creating jobs, uh, local jobs specifically. The number of people who had Manrega job cards was also very limited. So I knew that checked out. <laughs> but the more interesting thing was that, that they were creating local jobs. They were joining it out of, out of choice, not of, I guess, higher income, but they didn't want to have a boss. They didn't, yeah, I was working in a factory. So boring. You know, here I'm going around the city like a stud. Those interesting stories that came out and clearly it's also giving productive employment. And I've done other work on skilling, so I know that when you go and talk to them, a couple of weeks back I was in uh, talking to UP, in UP I was doing something, I was just asking the young men. So in our FGDs, which we could not capture the data so much, but in some of the FGDs, like in Panipat, some people did mention that, ma'am, there are a lot of people who live in the villages and they just come into the city and they work. There is some subtext of that is happening that it is catering to need. Uh, so those those things we need to be very careful about. So yes, there are some positive stories, it creates local jobs, it creates productive employment. Instead of just sitting and wasting time, as you said, it's scary, right? Instead you're doing, at least you're still maybe sitting for your government exams or you're still doing things, but at least, at least you're working and doing some productive employment. So in your report, you also talked about uh, providing uh, how these platforms provide some sort of skilling. So a major worry that I have with these platforms is that your job is to deliver from point A to point B and there's no value addition on your part to the job or value addition to yourself as an individual because of the job. So I was in the FGT actually, I asked one of the kids, I said, what do you get out of this? I said, do you know how to speak? Maybe you learned English because I was trying to see what questions would work and everything. Mm -hmm. Like, ma'am, I went to college. I am fine. I'm a college dropout, but I went to college. I, of course, I know how to speak in English. <laughs> Sorry. If you see the background, it's a very vast mellow of people, you know. So the thing is that, you know, every job requires some skills. Even mm -hmm. just 
what seems very a flat way that you're just going to the door and giving the food, there might be some customer interaction required. Mm-hmm. At least be pleasant about it. Clearly, you know, the incentive structures are such that that you get actually get higher customer ratings. So therefore, they are given training on that and how to deal with customers. Now, here are people, most of them don't want to stay, right? So if they don't want to stay, how to deal with a customer, how to deal with restaurants are important issues. And, uh, you know, we all know that we have to learn with dealing with clients. So that those are skills that you learn. You may not, they're soft, maybe you would consider them socio-emotional skills. Mm-hmm. But learning how to deal with a person, you know, especially if, you know, there's a wrong food delivery or something has happened, is a skill. Even when there are problems, they have to learn how to resolve those issues in a polite manner. So I, I think there is skilling that is take, taking place. A lot of people use smartphones. They can use on mm-hmm. WhatsApp. They can use YouTube, but actually ask them to for to use it for work, and you might find that a lot of them don't. And we, in a in a very in a run, ironically, most majority of the workers had access to two wheelers. Either they owned it or borrowed it, or whatever. That wasn't the problem. The problem was smart. They had to buy a smartphone. So they are many first time smartphone users. Actually, you are doing digital skilling to them also in a way. Computer is not the only way to get your job done smartphone is too so digital skilling is taking place we asked them that dealing with the money issue a um, lot of people who said a uh, lot of people specifically in the smaller towns they said that they did not get money in deposit in the bank accounts right their salaries were not deposited a lot of them were just drivers you know and suddenly uh, the fact that your money is deposited in your account every week or week on a weekly basis that itself is financial inclusion or financial skilling for them financial planning for them so that was also a big uh, big factor for them you know whatever they're getting they get it in the pilot when we had to try to ask them about incentive we got into detailing that's when they could not they said they could not answer them but they knew that they could not get the exact computation so we actually asked them a simpler question but yeah i mean there you can you know you might see the negative spillovers i think is think of the background from where they're coming out coming out of it's a move towards us better and the other thing we actually i was very interested uh, that when i asked workers about flex when we asked workers about flexibility do you what 16 percent said we don't care you know it's about putting our food on the table it's it's not that what attracts them uh, yes tier three city workers say they're more attracted but no and for part-time workers some of the people are working crazy hours. They say that, yeah, I work from nine to five. And then after that, I work, I work for another five hours to make money. Clearly, they are, they are everything it's in the report. If you see, they're working for 82 hours. It's crazy, you know, You're like eight plus five, 13 hours, simple. Clearly, you're not making enough money in your, in your current job, job. And that's why you're working. It is providing support when there is none. That part needs to be emphasized a little more. It's providing a job. I think we need to also look, look at it. That's why we put these comparisons for their previous job to this job. Mm-hmm. The difference, of course, is that uh, there's gross income and net income. We could not compare that directly. Uh, but of course, you know, they did, especially when the prices went up, they spent a lot of money on their own fuel. That was very harsh on them. And, and actually, that brings me, I, I'm sort of anticipating your question here. And Let me just me, get the question in there. Uh, okay. Uh, so... One of the widely reported aspects of your report was the income levels, how the, the long duration gig, uh, gig worker, the platform workers earning more gro- in gross 
but when it comes to net it's negligible for the amount of work they are putting in for the extra hours they are putting in the 27% if i'm not mistaken they're getting 5% return is it worth it or how do they feel about it they said it was okay till 19 the ones who were for longer time it's only got worse off in the last during the pandemic years say 22 onwards mm-hmm. the partly part of the problem again if you think of the macro issue people lost jobs right or people got the incomes cut the people who could go back went back but people who have no other options so they is just stayed back and used the plat- the platform as a backup plan mm-hmm. i mean uh, as a social security welfare net the addition to net income you might think it's not worth it it's not worth it and that's why as soon as they get a better job they leave most of them do want to leave especially the ones who joined in a more recently basis but between at least in that short 2 3 months when they have families or otherwise or when they're contributing to the family between having no income and having some income what are the choices that you are having what we need to ask ourselves and probably we need to dig deeper as researchers is the ones who stay behind are they is a selection bias going on that the ones who are staying behind are they are they the unproductive workers or are they staying back out of choice or it was a phenomenon that took place because of the pandemic that there was surplus of workers which the platform leveraged to the advantage or could leverage to the advantage in the workers were thing but now that you know that's why when we hear these newspaper reports and thing or oh, there are not enough workers to deliver food or anything i feel like good i mean you know so clearly people have gotten jobs moved out yeah. and now there's a so now they have the workers have the upper hand yeah. so you know that's how the market works yes and there's no going back from the story that income real income is well net income the addition to net income is only 5% but the point is that it's not the job but between a job and having no job what are your options you know and mm. that sort of brings me to social security which is what you started out with clear the two things that struck me is i remember during the run up to the rajasthan law thing there was a lot of debate on social media the one of the debates was why do you need social security for them are they any different to our standard informal worker clearly they are different to the standard informal worker they're working longer hours yes on the gross side they're getting higher income returns but the net and the net side their income returns are much lesser mm-hmm. and in- inflation and fuel definitely affects them really badly worse badly than say other uh, other people so the the thing is what social security scheme should we give them how should mm-hmm. we finance them then for which types of workers the question is because this very high attrition rate right if you're not staying so when these workers leave maybe some of them move to other platforms some maybe some of them go back to the previous jobs or maybe some they find a better jobs quite a few of them were first entry students they are introducing them a world of work it's a good way to earn pocket money so when you know for what do you do about those workers along with social security that as those the questions that we think about i think complemented that with skilling is very important if we could get the work, food delivery platform i'm talking about food delivery platform workers if we could get them some skilling certificates that they know english you know that from our from ncr research ihds uh, data another data that english spoken english has a premium in the labor, labor market if they learn some english in their jobs it could get them a premium in the market if they have learned see developed serious people skills which is what we need everybody in our job uh, any service sector jobs you need people skills they are learning yeah. that so they are learning that here. yeah so if we could get a certification from that the life skills they are learning the how the digital skills they are learning that they know how to use a phone too much thing actually one of them said oh we knew we never knew how to use gps so mm-hmm. you know all these skills so if we could get a certification then 
because you know they are so much younger you cannot just think of social security you have to think that is skilling so they can go on to have a better job in the future if they choose to move out so finally my last question to you is could this kind of platform economy be the way forward for men in urban areas to get an entry level job should that worry us or why not you know we are talking about apprenticeships and internships and so many things you're coming from not the best quality of schools probably or you know whatever whatever the background especially if young, i'm talking about here about students only mm-hmm. or the younger people you know you probably don't have a contact or a network to get a job also or you're not in the appropriate social networks uh, which could drive job getting a job this democrat as his job job right because mm-hmm. all you have to just do is show up and you have a two wheeler you got to buy a smartphone which you can buy over emi and uh, voila you're in it does requires an interview one day or two days of training mm-hmm. so what i what i'm just trying to say here is that we want to do apprenticeships internships you know, we want to create jobs for the young the job for educated unemployed is quite high in double digits in india as you know now why why shouldn't we do it why i mean why shouldn't we do it no they no if they don't regard it as a problem if they regard that it's a good stop gap it's a good way to earn pocket money it's a good way to contribute to the family income what's and it's a good way to you know filling your time while you get a job another job what is stopping us but yes what we need again that comes me back brings me back to my skilling point is that if we can give them certification skilling out of it then them stepping up would be easier for them is people just doing time passing and doing nothing is <laughs> at least they are working here and um, you know delivering food and learning something out of it till they get the job of the dreams so yes it democratizes entry it creates jobs is it a perfect job no nobody's pretending it to be and if it worries you then basically you should be asking yourself okay great what jobs are you creating for them otherwise that is a challenge uh, that we need to think about if you want people to get off platform jobs then you need to create those qualities in them that it attracts people so the task at hand for the government for any government is to create the jobs that the people want for and to skill the people to fill that job okay thank you so much for joining me in this podcast professor thank you navidita